welcome to another edition of Intentional Conversations. On Intentional Conversations, we seek to interview leaders in men's ministry, help men grow spiritually, and help leaders and pastors reach in today's culture, discussing issues men face daily. It is a program where men's ministry leader interviews leaders in men's ministry. Hey, guys, this is Mike Salmon with Cape Fear Men. I thank you for joining us on this program today. Today, I have a new friend that um, I met a few months ago. His name is Phil Routley with uh, Soul Impact. He's joining us today on the program. He's the president and the head coach. And we'll talk a little bit about what that means uh, with Soul Impact. And this is a ministry um, that I understand is dedicated to helping Christian leaders hear the master say, well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, like I said, Phil and I just met a few years, a few months ago, excuse me, uh, through the means of social media, believe it or not, and the internet and the social media. And this probably would not have happened many years ago if it wasn't for the fact of what Lord, the Lord has done and helped us to do through this uh, a medium that we're using uh, now. Because Phil, I'm located on the East Coast, a very extreme East Coast of the United States, and Phil's located on the extreme West Coast of Canada. And so it is It is super for us to be able to do this. So, uh, Phil, I just thank you for joining me today. I really do appreciate that. My pleasure, Mike. Thanks for the invitation. It's great to connect with you and with the guys who are part of this podcast. Amen. Amen. You know, I know that you're one of the one of the. Um, goals with soul impact is to minister to Christian leaders to help them be more efficient in their leadership uh, abilities. But, uh, you know, one of the things I do is dealing with men uh, is ministering to them directly and helping them to be the man that God's created them to be. So it's kind of a little bit of togetherness there, so to speak, in what we do. Kinda, kinda, mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, you know, I've always said that ministering to men is, is hard, but it's also rewarding. Um, as yeah. you work through your ministry with that, what, 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 how do you feel uh, towards what you're doing with Soul Impact right now? Um, I feel like the more the merrier, the more conversations I can have, the more impact I'm able to have in people's lives. And the goal is then that they will be able to have an increased impact on others. I, a lot of what I try to help people focus on is that there are two primary goals within the church that Jesus gave. The wow. first one, of course, is love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Yes. Love your neighbor as yourself. So the, the whole great commandment side of things. And then there's the great commission, which is all about making disciples. And best interpretation is make disciples as you go, as you baptize, as you teach. And what I try to focus people on is that we are to make disciples who are actually it's making more and better disciples, but it's making more and better disciples who make more and better disciples. Mm. That whole multiplication. If it ends with me or it ends with you, we failed. It's yes. about helping others to be able to carry on that legacy into the future. Yes. You know, what's one of the things that's really impressed upon my, my life over the last decade or so is that so many, our churches have failed in so many ways to actually produce reproducing disciples. And we may have ministered to an individual as a discipling ministry. We really didn't call it that for so many years. 
but I think some churches are starting to sort of recognize the importance of what uh, what Jesus said there about going and making disciples of all all nations, you know, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But I think there's still a lot of work to be done in that area to help churches understand uh, what it really means to disciple someone, what it really means to pour into somebody else's life. And, and I think part of the issue is the word you used earlier, efficiency. Mm-hmm. It, it seems to me that within the church, if you will, and the vast majority of churches, we can end up doing so many different things that we end up doing the key things inefficiently, if at all. Mm-hmm. And you know, Ephesians 4, Paul writes that the purpose of the leaders of the church, where the, the gifts are mentioned there, is to equip the church for the works of ministry. So if that's not job one, what's more important? Yeah. And yet it seems to get stuffed down in so many instances. And part of my goal is to simply bring that back back to the surface wherever possible. Yeah. Well, well talk to us about it. What is um what is soul impact all about? What, what is the vision God gave you in regarding that this ministry of soul impact? Well, the, the two words really speak to it. The uh, the word impact that that makes me think of something that has a punch to it that you're going to feel it. It's going to be experienced. It's not just something that's very light-handed and isn't going to make any difference. So there's going to be an impact there. And I think of how coins get made, that um, that there is a lasting impression that takes place as a result of that impact. The soul part of it has to do with eternity. It's the part of us that lives forever. And when we make an impact on somebody that is going to be not just an immediate thing, but it's going to be lasting, and in fact, it can have an eternal impact, it can make the difference of whether or not a person spends eternity with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't pretend to understand all of the sovereignty versus free will side of things. I trust God on the sovereign side, but I know that I have to deal with things on my own as well. And he told, Jesus told his followers, make disciples. He didn't say, you go out and do whatever you want to do and watch me make disciples. We get to be partners with him. We're the the junior partner, no question about it, but he still invited us to be partners with him in that greatest of all ministries. So a number of years ago, we were pastors in Kamloops here in British Columbia, and I was given the opportunity with the local radio station to record little 30-minute um, inspirational moments, if you will. And I launched these, and I called them Soul Impact. So just as you had the bumper music at the beginning, they had some bumper music with one of the DJs from there that recorded for me. And then I would do... 30 seconds, just something from scripture, something going on in the community, something was going to be inspirational. And I called it Soul Impact. And I always really liked that name. Mm -hmm. About seven years ago, um, I was involved in transitional pastoring. I've been involved in Christian leadership for 55 plus years. And over 32 of that was as a pastor or a chaplain in some kind of a role. And 
as I was working with this church, helping them, they'd lost their pastor and they were trying to figure out where do we go next, that I got involved with the John Maxwell team. Um, I had first met John in 1989. He did a conference in Welland, Ontario. And we were there for four days. And to put it very simply, he transformed my understanding of leadership with mm. just a few very simple statements. Everything rises and falls on leadership. And leadership is influence. Those three words. Leadership yeah. is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. So that really got me thinking of what's the best way in which I can enter into this coaching and speaking and leadership training and development side of things. So it was to take the whole idea of soul impact and learn what I could from John and others and members of the team. Um, as I understand it now, there's something like 45,000 John Maxwell team members. Um, it's now called Maxwell Leadership Certified. Right. Right. But it was about taking those biblical principles and how do I apply to them to people either one-on-one -on -one or within a church setting? Over the last couple of years, I've really started to understand better how to use Facebook as the primary marketing tool, if you will. Right. And it's really astounding that Facebook is the number one place for people to market anything in the world. They get far more views than Google does. Yeah. It's absolutely astounding. So just as we did, you meet people online, you begin to build some kind of a relationship with them. You talk about what you have to offer and you talk about what it is that they need. Um, so a lot of it is on that leadership and leadership development side. I'm now just, you're kind of the first to hear about this. Um, I'm starting something that I'm calling Soul Impact Legacy, Ooh. which kind of jumps off of the, the Bill Buford idea of half time, time to, to reflect primarily for guys who are going to be 50 plus give or take, who may have been quite successful in their business, but now they want to build a legacy. They, they want to go from success to significance. So you're going to find things um, over the next few weeks that are moving us in that direction. What, what is an individual's legacy going to look like? Yeah, is that legacy, are you talking about a legacy in a way that you speak into the next generation, the next group of leaderships that's coming up behind you? Yeah, that's a huge part of it. What, what do you want to be remembered for? Yeah. Right? It, and, yeah, you, you hear the idea every once in a while, what do you want to have written on your headstone? Oh. But it's bigger than that. It's, it's the lives that you have touched, whether that's the few around you or it's expanded because God's given you a vision for a new ministry, um, a new business, whatever that is going to be, that maybe the first half of your life it was all about making widgets. Right? right. And now in you, this next part of your life, how do you want to be making disciples? How do you want to be sharing the love of God more than you ever could before? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. You, you know, one of the things that I, in my, in my goings around, um, I, I discovered that uh, a, a lot of, and, and I know you've been a pastor yourself, that a lot of pastors, they're great when it comes to expanding on the word of God, 
but they've had very little training in the area of leadership and how to how to how to motivate, how to encourage, how to influence uh, their their congregants. Is that kind of the area that you see also? For sure, and and it goes through all of that and more. I mean, one of the the key things in leadership is how do you replicate yourself? How do you build a team of people? You know, the idea, old idea of having uh, the right people on the bus and then getting them in the right seats. Right. That's a, that's a, right, that's so a book that, I had. That's a book I had to read many years ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's a huge part of it. But the leadership skills, the communication skills that get involved, yeah. how do you help somebody else to invest in a vision? How do you make sure... And this is a huge topic that I'm working with, with coaches and with churches and church boards. You might have a vision for what you're doing, but is it God's vision? Right. And I've so many times had the conversation where I've said, I don't care what your vision is. I don't care what my vision is. We want to know what God's vision is because that's the one that he's going to empower. That's the one where he is going to equip. And then, of course, nobody can lift people higher than they themselves are. So Maxwell, one of the things he talks about is the law of the lid, that if on a scale of 1 to 10, your leadership ability is a 6, the highest person that you're going to be able to lead is probably a 5. And if you really want to be efficient and effective and growing the church as jesus said he was going to do he said he's going to build his church and i'm afraid we keep putting a lid on that by our own abilities and lack of abilities um if you're a leader who is a six and a leader comes into your church to become a member and they're an eight chances are they're not going to stay long because they're going to want somebody to lead them as well so part of our responsibility as leaders is to be growing. Um, I'm, I'll be, I'm 71 right now. And my goal, as long as my brain continues to function, is to continue to grow, continue to learn things, continue to how to communicate things better. And as I've been learning how to make better use of Facebook, I've been learning all kinds of other apps and and online programs and everything else that um, I'm very thankful God's given me the ability to learn it. Um, the application, though, is always several beats behind. <laughs> you keep on working at it, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, the, the, the it's so interesting as we step back. You know, I see a lot of a lot of leaders who fall into the category of what you would call uh micromanagers and yeah. uh uh and but and they don't realize they are they don't realize that's what they are mm-hmm. uh, why do you think that is why do you think a lot of our people fall into that micromanaging type leadership i'm afraid a lot of it comes down to insecurity mm. um if you give away responsibility to somebody else requires an awful lot of trust in that other person. And it's very easy to adopt the philosophy that if I want it done right, I've got to do it myself. 
project. Nobody else is able to do it as well as I can. Okay, so if you really are a 9 out of 10 at that, don't you think there's somebody around that you would be able to teach and train and, and give them that ability? No, they might not do it exactly as well. They also might end up doing it better than you did. And if you're insecure, people tend not to want to see that happen. And a lot of it, I think, comes down to, are you really committed to the idea that we together are the body of Christ? He's the head. I'm not. I'm just one of the appendages or organs or whatever else. And God needs me to do my job because that's how he set it up. We yes. are his body. Yes. And yes. we can very easily denigrate some people with certain gifts and talents that it's a minor thing, you know. Um, well, all you can really do is do the dishes after the potluck. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't believe that's true, <laughs> but well, maybe somewhere. Um, but a lot of it comes down to how can I help? people to grow and develop so that their value to the kingdom is going to be increased. Because part of my goal is that that person is going to hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. And that I firmly believe that that should not be only our goal for them when the master returns ultimately, or when we enter glory with him, how amazing would it be if every night when we're putting our head on the pillow, we know that God is nodding in approval, giving us Amen. a big hug and saying, today, Amen. well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. Yeah, you know, that that's interesting. Uh, one of the things you thought about was uh, um, dedicating responsibility and letting them run with it. Uh, one, of the, one of the best uh, uh managers i would say that i ever had when i was in the corporate world was uh, an individual who would share his vision with me of what he wanted to see done and then tell me just go do it you know you find figure out the best way to do it and and just keep me informed of how it's going and he 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 did not tell me how he wanted it done he just gave me the free will to do it and and for me personally that kind of helped me grow and also give me confidence of who I, who, uh, uh, of me as a leader. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I will never forget. Um, we were officers, pastors with the Salvation Army for 19 years. And our first church was in Toronto, Ontario. Um, I sat down in my um, denominational leader for our area of the Toronto division. And Salvation Army has a tendency to leave pastors in their churches for very short times. Right. And um, it was typical back then to be three years. Uh, but as I sat in his office, he said, Phil, I want you to be there at that church for five years. But I want you to have five years experience and not one year's experience five times. Mm. And I'm afraid, you know, we, we have our calendars that in reality, they start in September, not in January when it comes to ministry, just like schools tend to. Um, it, we have a tendency that when we start off in September, the first question that's being asked is, so what did we do last year? And then we 
replicate that instead of saying, how could we be doing that better? And it comes down to growth. It comes down to sometimes very minute improvements along the way. Right. It's got to be intentional. If it's not intentional, it doesn't happen. We will always yeah. fall back on the tried and the true, and we'll do what we did last year. And did we get great results? Well, not really, but we're busy. Mm -hmm. so let's just do it again. Yeah. Well, you know, I can't help but think of Jesus in his ministry when he selected his disciples and apostles. And, mm -hmm. uh, and when he sent them out, he just basically gave them basic instructions and then sent them out. You right. Know, let them do the work and uh, and then report back to him. And yeah. he didn't, even though he was in control, his sovereignty, he was in control. We know we know how that works, but he just let them go out and do the work uh, as ministers and leaders in that area. And, and I and I and sometimes I think we as leaders, we fail to see that example of Jesus where we uh, uh, leaders in the church, we 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 send our associates or our coordinators whatever it is out but we tell them exactly how to do it and way to do it and what we want it done and mm -hmm. and that i think that's something that we need to really change the mindset so that somewhat of our leaders yeah um, i mean make disciples is the imperative in that sentence yeah but it's as you go it's yes. not, I want you to go to the second block down, turn right, and you will find this family or, or whatever else yes. as you go, as a as part you of your life. This is how you live as you are welcoming people into the body of Christ, as identified through baptism, as you are teaching everything that I have taught you. And I, I have, I, I can't justify this from scripture, but I have this idea that when Jesus went out with the disciples and he spent the, the day teaching on the hills or the mountains or the beaches or whatever it was, that when he got together with them again that evening and they were sitting around the campfire, I've seen the chosen, so I know they sit around campfires. That part's right. biblically true, right? <laughs> but I can see him asking questions. And I can see him saying, now, when I was talking to those two ladies about such and such, I told them three things. Can you tell me what they were? Because if Jesus really was a master teacher, isn't that how you teach? Yeah. You get the student to recall. Yes. And so they get two of them. And then he says, nailed it on those two. Here's what the third one was. And then he turns to somebody else and says, you remember that parable I told? What was my big idea in that? Yeah. And they talk about that. So that when he's saying to them, right before going to the ascension, when he says to them, teach them everything that I taught you, it's going to be ingrained into them pretty deeply in terms of what he had to say. Amen. 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 Well, Phil, tell me how can I, if I wanted to, or any of our listening audience, how can I get involved? Uh, we're uh, connected with you in the in the area of you coaching me as a leader. Um, you've got my email there somewhere. You showed it to me, Phil at 
soulimpact.ca. Um, it is .ca since I'm in Canada, and .com was already taken. Um, <laughs> Phil, just my first name, at soulimpact.ca. Um, www.soulimpact.ca is the website where I've got all kinds of my resources that are on there. Um, one of the things that I always do when I'm starting a potential uh, coaching relationship, it only works if we're both on the same page. Right. So we always begin with a basic kind of a, a conversation, and I'll do a half-hour coaching session to help people make sure they're clear what it is that we're doing, what it is that we're expecting. And a lot of that begins with a pretty straightforward SWOT analysis, strengths, right. weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And almost always the conversation begins with threats because a threat is something that if we don't deal with this right now, nothing else is going to matter. So it's that conversation. Are they talking about themselves? If they're talking about their marriage, if they're talking about wherever they may be leading or managing, or if they're a pastor of a church, what's the biggest issue right now that if it doesn't get dealt with, as Maxwell used to say, time to call U-Haul. Um, it's time to dig into what it is that's really needing getting started. And a large part of it from then gets into vision. So we could spend half an hour just talking about the threat. Mm. There isn't any threat. Part of where we're at, it begins with what's your vision? Mm -hmm. No, what's God's vision? How do you know it's his vision? Having that kind of a conversation. So that first half hour time that we would get together to do it through Zoom, um, is all about just figuring out, do I have something to offer to you? Do you have something? Are you, are you in a position where this is going to be helpful and beneficial to you? If not, God bless you. Amen. Now, who, who can sign up? Who can sign up onto your uh, mentoring? Uh, yeah, anybody can. Okay. And it begins with that conversation. But okay. Um, mostly the people that I deal with are either pastors or they're Christian leaders. They might be elders within their church. They might be leading a department within their church. Um, and it goes from there. Yeah. Is there a cost involved with this? Yeah, there is. It's professional coaching. Okay. Right. I've invested well over a hundred thousand dollars myself to get to the point where I've had the experiences that I've had. And right. we, we take it from there. On the other hand, there's situations where I have ongoing conversations with people that they're simply not able to do that. Yeah. Um, and my, my vision that I believe God has given me is to impact as many people as I possibly can. Um, I've got a, a group now of about 12 guys who are in Africa who are pastors there that I'm having regular conversations with them. Oh, and of course, on the financial side, that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, I understand. Well, Phil, we're coming up on our time. I, I, I've enjoyed our conversation, but Me I want to give you, I want to give you a minute or two uh, just to share any last thoughts about what, uh, what this ministry is all about and how, 
uh, how, why we need uh, mentors in our life to help us to be better leaders. Uh, if you would, if you care to share that. Everything rises and falls on leadership and leadership is influence. We put those two together and the future of the church from the human perspective is up to those who are leading it. We know about the sovereignty of God. Don't always understand it, but we do know that he is sovereign. And so we trust him in that. What I know is that I have responsibility that he has given to me just as the parable of the, the, the stewards or the talents, um, they were given responsibilities in that parable as the master was going away and looking at 2023 dollars to the one he gave five talents, which is about a hundred years salary, five million dollars. Second one, he got $2 million. Third one, he got $1 million. I'm pretty sure these were American dollars and not Canadian. But where we end up is the guy who had five, the master returns, here's 10. I've doubled the master's money. The one with two, here's four. I've doubled the master's money. I don't want anybody I know to be the one that comes back and says, Lord, I was afraid. I didn't want to take a risk. And so here's your money back. And to have the master say, you could have at least put it in the bank and gotten simple interest. Amen. So yeah. our responsibility, I believe, and this is a phrase that we have used at our church quite often, is to double the master's money. Not in the dollar's perspective. But what they were given was an incredible amount of opportunity. And God gives us an endless variety of... Sorry about that. I forgot to put my phone on silence. <laughs> um, what, what we have been given is an incredible amount of opportunity. And the question always comes back to what are you doing with it? Yeah. How are you blessing the master? How are you doubling what you were given? Which doubling opportunities means having twice as many opportunities. Right. So God opens the doors. He opens the floodgates. He gives his blessing. And our responsibility then is, what are we doing with it? Are we investing in ourselves in a way that we can double the master's money? Amen. Yeah, Open prayer that we are. Yep. Amen. Phil, I appreciate your time and taking the time out of your busy schedule to join me on this and, and sharing your heart regarding the, the fact of training leaders and mentoring leaders. It's, I think it's something that's so needed in, in our churches with our church leaderships because uh, um, uh, they get excellent training and a way to uh, expand on the Word of God and to teach their people about the Word of God and interpret the Word of God. Uh, yeah. as it was meant to be interpreted. But um, so many of them did not uh, receive the, the training they needed to be leaders of mm -hmm. people and, uh, and, and a staff even, even just even going down just to, to, to their staff. And we need, we need mentors like you to, to yeah. step into that role. And I wish there, wish there was more of you, uh, but, <laughs> uh, but, there, but there's very few. 
once Any again, folks, if you if you yeah, once again, folks, if you want to get up with Phil, uh, you can email him at Phil at soulimpact.ca. Understand this dot ca not com dot ca. And if you want to kind of see what he's doing, you can go to his website, which is www.soulimpact.ca. And you will be able to hear, see a lot, and even see a couple of videos that I think he has he has recorded on there, explain a little bit more about what they're doing and why he, he why he is uh, doing this ministry, why the Lord has put him into this ministry. Phil, sure. thank you very much for being, being a part of the program today. My pleasure. Uh, yeah, if you want to get up with me, Mike Sandlin, you can email me also at at uh, mike.sandlin at kfearmen.net, mike.sandlin at kfearmen.net, or you can go to our website at www.kfearmen.net, and you can reach us that way also. But I want to thank you for joining us and, and listening to intentional um, conversations with Mike Sandlin. I appreciate you uh, taking your time to 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 listen to us and also to be able to share a little bit of your thoughts of what you think of the program and give us some thoughts of some topics you may like to for us to to talk about. And because uh, we are all in this battle uh, for the kingdom, uh, no matter where we're at, whether we're on the West Coast of the North America continent or the East Coast of the continent or somewhere else in the world, we're all in the same battle as brothers brothers and sisters in Christ. But now I want to leave you with this blessing. I want to pray that God will give you a rock to stand on. He will give you a brook to drink from and a tree to shade you. And this is Mike Allen saying God bless. And I hope you will join me again on the next Intentional Conversations with Mike Allen. Mm -hmm.